Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Math anxiety, the difference between dyscalculia and dyslexia, let's be clear about dyscalculia, the downside of grouping, and visual form perception and math achievement. This is our podcast for week 31 and 32 in 2017, and we welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of dyscalculia services, to help us review the link of the past weeks. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Well, always great to be here. Yeah, we are combining two weeks here, and uh, in total we have five links, but it's actually made up out of uh, week 31 and 32, and that is because we uh, take turns in traveling and being on vacation. I hope your vacation was well. It was great. Did it involve a lot of math? No, it involved a lot of water. Okay, that is very good. That's very good. Uh, now, we have some interesting uh, links over these uh, two weeks that we uh, assembled. And let's uh, quickly go to the first one. It's a TED Talk about math anxiety. And let's listen in for just a little bit here. Let me see. When French mathematician Laurent Schwartz was in high school, he started to worry that he wasn't smart enough to solve math problems. Maybe you know a similar feeling. You sit down to take a math test and you feel your heart beat faster, and your palms start to sweat. You get butterflies in your stomach, and you can't concentrate. This phenomenon is called math anxiety. And if it happens to you, you're not alone. Researchers think about 20% of the population suffers from it. Well, that's an amazing number. 20% of the population has math anxiety. Yes, absolutely. That's amazing. uh, I can definitely recommend... All of you looking at this um, TED Talk video, it's uh, very clear. It has really funny, um, funny graphics, and it's also a very good explanation of what's going on. Now, math anxiety actually doesn't mean that you're bad at math, like like they say here with uh, Laurent Schwartz, and um, later getting the the most prestigious um, math prize ever, the Fields Medal. Uh, But what happens is with math anxiety that it actually drains your resources. The blood flow in your brain is changing direction and the activity of some centers in the brain that you really need for doing math is uh, is diminished. And this uh, limits your uh, free uh, memory and working memory capacity. So pressure to solve uh, questions quickly also seems to be a factor in developing this uh, math anxiety and um, definitely the attitude of parents and educators over math uh, can be a factor because they they can really scare uh, kids to to learn it and they start to think that they are not good enough. So there are some solutions that may work and they are mentioned also in this uh, TED talk. Uh, first of all, breathing exercises, mm-hmm. and it, it only takes a few minutes. Mm-hmm. It's not complicated. Before, after, or during? Yeah, during before, before, before. Okay. And uh, writing it off so that you kind of have lived through the experience already before you start doing a math test. Um, and um, 
helping students to get uh, what they refer to as the growth mindset. So read the books by uh, Carol Dweck. Mm -hmm. Because the the growth mindset is where you tell yourself that you can grow Mm -hmm. if you keep trying. And that you eventually will get uh, the math that you need to learn. And you can conquer this math anxiety with time and awareness. So uh, as long as you do something about it, it's um, it's not a definite problem. Good, good. So there's hope there. It's good to know mm-hmm. that there's hope. Now, our, our next link is about uh, differences between dyscalculia and dyslexia. Um, how is that? Yeah, this is a link to an overview from the uh, organization. It's called Understood. We have uh, referred to them uh, earlier and mm-hmm. they are really very good in explaining things in uh, clear language and and defining what they what they actually mean so um, there are a lot of um, connections if you really know about uh, dyslexia you can kind of figure out what um, can go wrong with students with dyscalculia. Let, let me just um, mm-hmm. uh, mention a few couple of examples. A yeah. few examples that that from from one okay. of my latest uh, presentations, uh, because we all know that uh, students with dyslexia start to talk late, and uh, likewise, kids with dyscalculia start to count late. Late. Now, students with dyslexia have a specific. Uh, difficulty with blending and segmenting sounds and we see with the dyscalculia that they struggle with composing and decomposing numbers. Mm-hmm. Now, rhyme patterns are hard in dyslexia and number patterns are hard in dyscalculia. It's all very similar. It's, huh? it's all very similar. Yeah. Like the dyslexia. Just a different topic. Different topic, different part of the brain. Right. Um, forgetting sign words for dyslexia and forgetting math facts for dyscalculia. Um, the connection between grammar for language and algorithm for math, and I can go on and, and mention all those uh, connections. But what is actually um, a binding factor here is that they are both uh, related to limited working uh, memory. Now, uh, they also explain the emotional reactions from children with these conditions. And it, it has a whole section where you can read up about it and actually try it out, how it feels if you have dyslexia or dyscalculia yourself. Okay. It's very helpful. Okay. They also uh, have several tips about uh, what you can do at home and about accommodations that you can ask for at school. It's a great article that puts it all together. And specifically for Discoculia, we have also put some information on our new website called discoculiaaware.org for parents, counselors, and educators or teachers. And they can do a short uh, awareness training with like five videos um, in, in less than a, than a morning. You have a very good feel for uh, what Discoculia exactly is. And... Um, starts to explain to you how to work with children who have this uh, condition. Great. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's good. I've always wondered about that uh, the, the difference between dyslexia, and I'm pretty sure our listeners have as well. 
Um, the next link says, let's be clear about uh, this Calculia. So what's there to be clear about? Uh, yeah, um, this is a lot about terminology and mm -hmm. it can be very confusing for, for parents. Now, uh, it's, this is a great resource and it, it puts together um, a lot of explanation and it's um, done by the Learning Disabilities Associations of America. So, well, I should know. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there were 10 organizations that worked together and they all put information in. So in this, this one resource, so you really have a lot um, here together. Mm -hmm. And it answers questions that parents and some schools have around uh, the topic. Now, let me uh, first say that uh, specific learning disability, SLD, is still an important term because that is how it's uh, mentioned or referred to in the IDEA, the uh, Disabilities Education Act. So we definitely need to um, take that into account mm -hmm. and then we go a little bit further into the topic because this is, a, as you can say, a very generic, uh, general uh, description. Now the emphasis is about um, specifics. So use of terms dyslexia, dyscalculia, dysgraphia. Some people still think that this uh, may not be used. And some schools or parents are afraid that using the terminology is labeling their children and they want to avoid that hmm. because they're afraid that that will mean that their kids have less access to um, a high-performing education. Hmm. But um, as the title of this post says, we need to be clear about these things. Mm -hmm. Call it by proper name so everybody who's involved uh, knows what we're dealing with and we can actually do something about it. Very good advice. In a Let's specific be clear. way. Definitely. Let's be clear. We're talking to Dr. Schroeder, the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com. And we're looking at the links provided on our website, DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com. Now, the uh, next link talks about uh, the downside of grouping. But if you don't group, then how do you manage... Um, a diverse class of children with different talents or lack of talents. Yeah, well, we, nobody ever said that that was an easy task, but uh, this is a, um, a link um, to research from uh, Mrs. Lucy Rycroft-Smith, and she's the Research and Communications Officer at Cambridge Mathematics, and she has reviewed a lot of research and she says that the evidence clearly says three things. First of all, grouping pupils, and that's the, the UK word for students, by mathematical attainment is connected to a fixed mindset. So you, you believe that they cannot grow. And yeah. that is something we have realized is seriously obstructing uh, math yeah. education. And it also has no evidence to support that it's effective, actually. Mm -hmm. So we shouldn't do that. Then some of the research points to pupils or students in all sets of them finding the practice of being pigeonholed in this way that it limits the expectations of their uh, math achievement. And other findings show that the, uh, the way the teachers allocate students to 
uh, specific sets is actually slightly uh, unpredictable. And um, it's also not completely fair. With lower um, groups uh, getting less resources and op and an often less qualified teachers. Yeah, that's making, so that's they're making already it behind. Right, they're then, already behind. I, I can see that point. You know, they're already behind, so they say, "Okay, we're not going to put our our top teacher on that because this other guy can handle it." Which, which is, is understandable, but that's exactly not what they need. They they need yeah. the superb teachers. Right. And finally, the strongest and most worrying finding is the most disadvantaged pupils are consistently overrepresented in lower sets. Well, we try to help them yeah. to get to a better level. Now, in fact, in Scandinavian countries, it's illegal to group students by, there you go. Yeah, by their attainment level. Now, it's a very complex issue, uh, and the research has just started to emerge here. So we are eagerly uh, watching how well the alternative solutions outperform the old uh, grouping model. We, we need to keep an, a close eye on this. This is a developing yeah. right. new idea. And, and then start educating the teachers on there is alternatives to grouping. Because today they don't really have alternatives. There are some, there are some uh, alternatives around, but not... All teachers are trained to use them, the and users. they are definitely more time-intensive. Right. Well, that brings us to our last link. Now, it is about visual form perception and math achievement. What's new here? Yeah, uh, very interesting. Uh, this is an article uh, from, uh, from China, mainly from Beijing, in combination with uh, the Centers of Cognitive Neuroscience at Duke University. It's published in frontiers of uh, in in psychology okay. and they actually recruited over 200 seventh graders to do a visual uh, form perception task so they, they those students were were matching figures that only were slightly different and they were tested on numerosity comparison on digit comparison so so written digit exact computation and approximate computation and they also looked at their uh, curriculum-based uh, achievement tests. Very interesting. And uh, we already know from, from other previous research that a visual discrimination task in kindergarten can actually predict math achievement in fourth grade. So this uh, mm. visual uh, discrimination is, is really important. Now, what were the findings from this new research? Uh, let, me, let me summarize that. They, they actually found that this visual form perception, huh, what the, the main thing they tested, has a unique contribution to numerosity comparison. That was the largest influence. And that was actually, uh, the visual form perception was accounting for 6.6% percent of the variance in numerosity comparison after controlling for five most important general cognitive processing scores. So that, that is 66%, a very strong percent, right? 6.6. 6.6. Okay. Just want to get the numbers right here. Absolutely. <laughs> then there was also a significant uh, contribution of the visual form perception to digit comparison. Mm -hmm. 
and exact transportation. But it, uh, there was no significant relation with approximate combination, computation, or curriculum-based uh, mathematical achievement. Okay. Now, these results suggest that visual form perception is in its own an important independent cognitive correlate of uh, math categories, lower level math categories. Well, the word lower here is kindly um, strange because here they mean lower level in the brain structure, so more basic ability related, not lower level in the sense of uh, only one right. and one is two. Okay. So, uh, including uh, other, what they call here, lower level math categories, so the, the underlying base um, abilities of our brain are uh, the approximate number system, digit comparison and exact computation. So, we now know that the visual form perception has a place in these um, basic brain abilities and that also means that we need to um, to test it to see how kids are doing in it and probably also uh, think about remediation if right. they that means are if you work on that visual it. form perception that will then eventually translate in a, in a better map uh, achievement mm -hmm. That, that is obviously the theory. That's that, the theory. that is That's the, the theory. next thing that That's we need theory. to prove. <laughs> That's still some That's work an to be done. Good. <laughs> well, Dr. Schroeder, thank you very much for your very clear expert, uh, explanations, as always. Dr. Schroeder is the founder of Disco Kulia Services, and you can follow her on Twitter and on Facebook. She maintains boards, both on Pinterest and on Flipboard, and she has five free webinars, and all the information about that is at webinars.discoculiatrainingcenter.com. Now, if you want to know if you have Discoculia, you can do the free Discoculia screener on her website, discoculiaservices.com, in the left navigation panel. Or you can get a more comprehensive math and Discoculia screening test at discoculiatesting.com. Finally, Dr. Schroeder's ebooks are available on Amazon. You can find the link on shop.discoculiaservices.com or just go to Amazon and search for Dr. Schroeder. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.